Memorial Weekend is because we remember those who fought for our country, who fought for the freedom, the religious freedom that we're able to experience today. And Memorial Day, we take a moment and we stop and remember those who gave the ultimate sacrifice, those who gave their lives uh, for our country and for the people in our country. And so uh, as a church, we just want to stop and we want to remember that when we have uh, this free, well, some of us, this free Monday, uh, just to remember the, the families, that the moms and the dads, the brothers and the sisters that didn't return home who were willing to go out uh, to fight for um, what we believe in. Not perfect, but yet we believe that God's doing something here in America and that we're going to continue to grow uh, to be better. And so, uh, but just stopping and taking a moment. And so what I want to do is, is I want to pray um, for those who uh, are a part of that, friends, families, of those who have soldiers, those who have fought in the military, who didn't come home. Because I know today is a day for us to remember, but I can only imagine how hard and how heavy today is for those families. And then for everyone that's involved in the military and uh, those involved with family members who are there as well. So would you join me as a church? And we're just going to pray over them, pray over their families, and, and just pray a prayer of thankfulness that um, for what we get to experience because of their sacrifice as well. So let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you today. Thank you for um, the opportunity to be here, to hear your word, to hear your truth, and to be encouraged, God. But we just pray now, um, because on this long weekend, uh, we want to remember those who sacrificed their lives, who uh, willingly went out uh, to fight for um, the freedoms that we experience here in America, God. And we're just praying for the families. God, we're praying for your supernatural comfort. We're praying for your peace that will just come over them, God. And I'm sure this weekend stirs up all kind of emotions in them and through them, God. But I pray that your presence would be near to them. We know that the word says that you are near the brokenhearted, God. And God, we're just praying that uh, a prayer of thankfulness for uh, that there are still men and women who are willing to go out and to risk their lives to serve our country, to serve those who are in it, God. And I just we're just thankful um, for all of those provisions that you have put into place, God. And I pray that you guide us. I pray that you lead us, God, that we would surrender to your will uh, for our individual lives and for the larger leadership of what you're doing here. We love you. We ask this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Well, we just wrapped up a series called Miracles, and we looked at uh, probably seven or so miracles that Jesus performed in the New Testament. And this week, we're uh, kind of, I'm doing a standalone message. We're going to be in Galatians chapter 5, Galatians chapter 5, if you have your Bibles. Uh, we're going to hit quite a bit of scripture, but I believe that the message today can be life-changing. I, I truly believe that. I, I know I say that from time to time, but I believe this is one of the principles. Uh, this is one of the chapters in the Bible that we can really lean into. And have you ever heard the term, uh, teach a man to fish and he'll have fish for life? That's kind of like one of these messages where uh, we can talk about a lot of different concepts. But if we get what we're talking about today, it's like we're learning how to fish. It's learning how to walk with the Lord, walk with the Spirit every single day. And Bridge Kids is having fun. You can hear them back there, you know, um, as well. So uh, and then at the end of service, we're going to we have a team that is getting ready to go to Honduras next week. And so we're going to pray over them as a church at the end of service. And so uh, we're excited, but also just want to pray over them. We're believing 
believing that God's going to do some incredible things as well. And so, uh, as we dive in today, we're in Galatians chapter 5, and then next week we're starting a brand new series on the book of Esther, the book of Esther. And so we're going to dive into that June 4th, starting next Sunday. I'm really looking forward to that. I love doing book studies. I love kind of diving into that. And Esther, I'm telling you, you better put your seatbelt on. It's a roller coaster ride. It's pretty incredible. Uh, And so we're going to dive into that next week. So we'd hope that you will join us again uh, as we study through that. And so as we think about Galatians chapter 5, I began to think about what does that mean for us and what does it look like for us? Uh, And there are many times, especially on weekends like this weekend, or uh, there are seasons and moments in our life where it causes us to kind of reevaluate things. Have you ever done that before? Where just something happens and it kind of shakes you a little bit. It kind of makes you go, wait, what is important? Because I don't know if you're like me, a lot of times I will get busy. I'll get busy because things need to happen around the house, right? Money needs to be made. Um, My kids need to be taken care of, right? This job needs to happen or this particular aspect. I need to get ready to move to the next grade. We're going into the summer, right? And summer just kind of goes by so fast. And some of us are getting ready for new seasons and new chapters. There's actually a lot of people in our church who are transitioning to a new season, a new chapter of life. And there's a lot of questions and unknowns and with that can come this lot of weight and this lot of pressure of going I need a strategy I need things I need to figure out what is happening here in this moment and it causes us to reevaluate and our minds begin to kind of run and race a little bit but oftentimes especially if we get really to the core of evaluating we realize especially in hard moments how important relationships are You realize that, especially in hard, hard moments and seasons of our lives, we kind of fall back and going, whew, I'm so glad that they were in my life. I'm so glad that God put them in my life to help me get through this, right? I'm so glad that this particular person or this particular group of people, they were with me, even though this season was incredibly hard. But I'm so glad I had that relationship, right? And all of a sudden, it's like the things begin to fall away that we thought were important, but yet the things that are really important begin to rise to the surface. Or I would say as everything's being shaken, those are the things that withstand, right? Those are the things that that hold true. And it's the relationships that we have in and around us. And I think about not only the horizontal, the relationships we have in our lives, the relationships we have with great friends, right? Or it could be a spouse, or it could be um, with our kids, it could be with a neighbor, whoever it may be, it could be with our small group, it could be with our church people, right? And we think about those relationships. But more importantly, I think about our relationship with God, right? Because even our relationships on this earth can get a little rocky sometimes, right? Can I get an amen on that, right? Like sometimes, like even that, they can get a little shaky and we're not sure even in those relationships, how do we navigate that? What does this even look like? And I believe it makes us even kind of go back even further and further evaluate what is this whole thing about? What is my, my life experience? What is even my earthly relationships? What is all of this? My, the work that I go to, the, the uh, things I'm trying to accomplish, the things I'm trying to knock out that we were just talking about. Like I, I, even when we peel those layers back, what is most important? What do I cling to? And if we go back, I don't know about you, maybe you grew up in church and you've been going to church for a long time or uh, maybe you were in a different style of church. We kind of hit on this uh, a little bit last week and you've wrestled with your view of God, 
right? And we've wrestled with, maybe we grew up with a, a very strict or religious background. And so our view of God is kind of the, uh, the, the police of, let me just make sure this has to be done, right? And if I mess up, he's bringing down the hammer. If I messed up, I'm pushed away to the side. If I mess up, I'm condemned and I'm put in the corner, right? Like you need just to stay over there. I can't believe you would do that. I can't believe that shame or that guilt that we've held on to, whatever that we may be wrestling with. Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe we didn't grow up in a strict where everything goes. Everything was wide open, right? And uh, our relationships with the people who are around us and maybe even with God is, I didn't even know there was a God. I didn't even, that thought didn't even cross my mind. So I was free to do whatever came to my mind. I was free. I I thought this nature, I thought this was true. So I'm just going to kind of flow with that, right? Or, hey, this is what's going on around me so I can kind kind of rotate and move towards that. And I don't know about you, um, have you noticed, uh, you really see this in schools and as you start a new school, but I think we see it even as adults in workplaces, is that we naturally tend to gravitate to where we're accepted. Have you noticed that? Like we naturally kind of gravitate to where we're accepted. And so if we're at school, a particular group of kids uh, really pulled us in and accepted us. Then maybe we, I remember when I first got into middle school, I'm kind of getting off track here. Y'all get me back in line. But I remember going to middle school and I I got into this like skater phase with the big jeans and like the chain wallet. Can y'all just picture that? Um, And so, but we naturally gravitate to maybe where we're accepted. And uh, still to this day, I can't ride a skateboard. But uh, where we're naturally, accepted and there's something in us that kind of pulls us to one way or the other and I think in our relationship with God maybe we're in a situation where we're first maybe even considering there is a God maybe we're considering okay I I believe there is a God but what does that look like what does it even look like I I come to church and I hear this or hear that or maybe I grew up in a Catholic setting and I had one picture of God of what it what it may could look like or Um, Maybe you've been following God for years, but you're maybe in a season and you're going, you know what? I I remember when I first gave my life to Christ and there was so much fire and it just felt like me and God were so close and we were just walking and I I could feel his presence with me. But now it's kind of got to a moment where you're going, you know what, God, I don't know if I can hear you anymore. I don't know if I can I can hear your voice. I need you to guide me. I need you to direct me. I need, I need to hear that. Or maybe you've been attending church for a while and you're looking around and you're watching people worship and you're watching people uh, have a relationship with God and talk about having a relationship with God. And you're going, wait a second. I, I'm not getting that. I, I, I'm not experiencing what you're experiencing. And I wonder why I'm not experiencing that. And what does that look like for you and I? And if we boil it all the way back down to almost this purest form, That's what we're going to look at today is that what does my relationship with God look like? Because the ultimate thing, the ultimate goal through all of this is that God wants a relationship with you. He wants a relationship with me that we see all the way from Genesis to Revelation, all the way through the Bible. God is ordainedly and providentially working through and through to have a relationship with his people. And if you read the Old Testament, I, sometimes I read the Old Testament and I'm like, wow, wait, what are y'all doing? Like, God just did this amazing miracle and you're already turning away from him, right? And then I follow my life for like a week and I'm like, Daniel, what are you doing, right? And, and so we see ourselves in and throughout Scripture, but we see over and over again that God wants a relationship with us. 
He wants to foster and to build that relationship so that our lifelong journey and here on this earth, but also into eternity, God wants us to grow deeper and deeper into relationship with him. And that's why you see people who've been following God for years, right? Following God for years. And it's like they just get closer and closer. It's like they just uh, uh, move in, into Christ and you see him working at a deeper level in them. So as we see that and we dive into Galatians chapter five, I think we're going to see some principles here of how God works in our daily life, how God begins to intertwine, because maybe you've asked that question before. People talk about having a relationship with God, but what does that look like every single day? What does it look like in my life to walk with God, to to hear his voice, to be guided by him? So what does that really look like? So I'm glad you asked. In Galatians chapter five, we see all kinds of wisdom and direction here in Galatians chapter five. And we're going to start in verse 13 and kind of work our way all the way down through verse 26. Everybody still doing okay? All right, we're going to start in verse 13 and it reads like this. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedoms to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you, always, but if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. Can you believe that? I love that. Can we, we just look around today and go, okay, I can see how we can see some of the fruit of that, right? And where the Bible tells us, hey, we need to watch out because if we start biting and devouring one another, uh, we better beware because we'll destroy each other. But he says, I want you to, to walk in this. And this is a huge principle for you and I, is that for you have been called to live in freedom. Right? That we have been called to live in freedom. That's the invitation that God gives to us is to live in freedom. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, rose from the dead again, when we give our lives to Jesus, he gives us access and an opportunity to live in freedom. And so what he's talking about here is oftentimes when we think about freedom, sometimes we can think I'm free to do whatever I want. Right. If total freedom is I, I can do whatever I want. But what God wants us to realize is that freedom from Christ is this revelation of who God is and that I am separated from God. But yet he opens the doorway for me to have a relationship with him. And then he invites me on a journey for me to experience the, the best, the abundant life that he has to offer. Right. Because if my watch, if my watch broke, what would I do? What would be the best thing for me to do if my watch? broke. I, I wouldn't go and I mean, I guess I could Google, right? There'll be all kind of articles and stuff on there uh, of uh, how to fix this watch. But the best thing for me to do is to go, who's the manufacturer? Who made this watch, right? If I can find the manufacturer and I can get on the phone or read the instruction manual for the person who actually made this watch, he can tell me all the details. He can tell me, you press this button, it'll do this. Can I tell you the original function of this? And they like go all the way into it, right? But for you and I to go back to go, who made us? Who created us? Who knows the best way to live our lives? Who knows the best way so that we can experience what the Bible is talking about, this unhindered way of life, this spiritual uh, awakening that we can have in Christ, this spiritual renewal, this new life of living in 
freedom, not being hindered by the things of this world, not being hindered by the things that are going on in our mind, not being hindered by the shame and the guilt that we talked about, not being hindered, right? But I'm free, not just so that I can do whatever I want to, but as Galatians says here, I am free to serve. I am free to make a difference. I am free to live the abundant life found in Christ. I have victory over what the enemy is doing in me and in my mind because now I can live free in Christ. And my freedom, my newfound freedom in Christ is not self-serving. What does it say? Even though we see some of the fruit from that. It's saying my freedom is to serve others. My freedom is to help other people experience this kind of freedom and well as well. And now my relationships around me, I can help foster their relationship with God as well. Uh, but it doesn't come without some tension, right? It doesn't come without some wrestling back and forth. I, I think there's enough people in the room who've given their lives to Christ. Our problems are still there, right? Some problems are still there. Some tension points are still there, right? Some temptations are still there, right? And so we see in Galatians chapter 5, he says this in verse 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions but when you are directed by the spirit you are not under obligation of the law to, to the law of Moses when you follow the desires of your sinful nature the results are very clear sexual immorality impurity lustful pleasures idolatry sorcery hostility quarreling jealousy outburst of anger selfish ambition dissension division envy drunkenness wild parties and other sins like these let me tell you again as i have said before that anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of god so the apostle paul begins to paint this picture and i love the apostle paul uh, because he's so clear Right. He, he just he just unfolds this and he says, you know, I, I've been following this apostle Paul. He's like, I've been following Christ for a long time and there's still two things at fight within me. Right. There's still these two desires that I face and I feel on this side of eternity because we're not made perfect in heaven yet. There's there's this battle within me. And I believe everybody that I have talked to has experienced this before, right? Like we know because God created us. He's speaking to us in this. He's going, there's two natures that are speaking in us. And when you and I pray to receive Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, right? The Spirit of God dwells in us and works with our soul, with our mind to change us into the image of God. But that doesn't eliminate our sinful nature. We still live in a broken world and sin is still uh, rampant inside of our lives. And so have you ever felt that? Some people have described it this way, the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other, right? Like, because there's, there's one thought in me that wants to pull me towards evil, that wants to pull me away from God. And then there's another thought, another desire in me that's trying to pull me towards good, right? And we feel this tension of going, what should I do? And can we be honest with each other? Sometimes it's not always crystal clear. Is it of going, wait a second, which one is good? Which direction should I go? Like if we're praying for a new position or a new pathway, right? Sometimes there's multiple options. 
And so how do we follow? How do we know when the Spirit is guiding us and directing us here in these moments? But I think I don't want to skip over this because you and I, we see that there's two desires that are in us. The Spirit, if you're taking notes, the Spirit gives us a desire to live free, right? The Spirit puts a desire in us. So if we have the desire to do what is good, we know that the Holy Spirit is working in us to move us towards what God wants, to move us towards those desires. And so we feel those desires. Does it say the Holy Spirit pushes us and forces us? No, He says He gives us the desire to go, hey, this is your, this is your path. This is how I created you. This is what I want you to do, right? He gives us those promptings, that desire. But then there's a sinful desire in us. Our sinful nature gives us the desire to do what is unrighteous, right? So there's another desire in us that's trying to pull us the opposite way towards unrighteousness, towards a lot of times uh, even these moments can feel like they're right in the moment, Right. It, it can be this monetary, this mon- monetary, not monetary, this mo- mo- how to say? momentary, momentary. Is that a word? No. OK, there you go. This um, this quick minute, this quick hit of, OK, this made me feel good. This was fun for a moment. Right. And it's this this decision of going because we were satisfying our sinful nature. Right. But then the Holy Spirit comes in and goes, gives us that that conviction of righteousness, that conviction of sin. Right. And maybe you haven't been following Christ before. You give your life to Christ. And all of a sudden now you're so convicted over the life that you used to live. You felt that before? It's because the Holy Spirit is going, wait, I have something that's better for you. I have I want to lead you towards righteousness, not towards unrighteousness. And that's the spirit working in us. Right. But the Bible describes that we can quench the Holy Spirit. Is that we can have the desire for, from our sinful nature, have the desire from the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. And when we don't choose the Spirit, we can start to quench the Spirit to now we're not hearing those promptings or those guidings as much as maybe as we once were, right? Because we've, we're quenching the Spirit, we're choosing our sinful desire, and it takes a, a approach like Psalm 51 where David, right, he starts following his sinful desires and it starts small and it leads all the way to adultery, right? And, and here in that moment, what happened? He had had this big moment of repentance before God, of God going, I need to separate all of this and I need to go back to pursuing you, right? God, I've been pursuing my own sinful desires. I need to go back to where you are and what you're doing in me. So as we wrestle through this, we see the Spirit still working in us. But what is the answer, right? And we just talked about our sinful desire. But how do we overcome that? How do we move towards the desires that God still has for us? You guys still with me? We could do like a whole series on this. We're going to get it in here today on Sundays, okay? Uh, Galatians chapter 5, in here in verse 22 through 26. But the Holy Spirit produces. I love that. The Holy Spirit does the work. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When I think about the, when you hold both of these lists up, which one do we want our homes to look like? Which ones do we want our marriages to look like? Which ones do we want our kids to look like? Which ones do we want our society 
to look like, right? Do we want them? Do we want it to be sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, down the list? Or do we want to see love and joy and peace and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control? Like, what if we saw that on a job description? You're like, I want that job, right? Like, can I have that one? And we see this this uh, picture that God is trying to produce in us and through us. And he says, there's no law against these things. He's saying you are free to live into these things. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and the desires. You see how he keeps going back to that word, the desires. I've nailed the passions and the desires of my sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the spirit, let us follow the spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another. Be jealous of one another. What is that? He kind of goes back and he goes, hey, as the Holy Spirit changes your life, we should see the evidence in the fruit of our lives and also in the relationships of our lives around us. And he goes back and he says, don't be conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. And I just want to start here. If you're taking notes, we see that the Holy Spirit does the work in us. It says the Holy Spirit produces. The Holy Spirit begins to move and act inside of our lives. But this is, this is the trick here that we see here as the Holy Spirit begins to guide and direct because I believe we still wrestle with the question. Okay, the Holy Spirit produces it. But how do I still move towards the desires that the Holy Spirit has inside of our lives, inside of our hearts? Because sometimes we can take the approach of, I know the things that I want to stop doing, right? I know the things that I want to, here's the list, God, I'm trying to stop doing these things. But uh, my kids, they love Dunkin' Donuts, okay? They love the donuts. Every Sunday we put two dozen out there and we have to like hold them back from the two dozen donuts. But if we were to try to get them to stop eating donuts, I wouldn't bring in the donuts and set them on the counter and open them up and go, I want you to walk by these donuts. Don't you touch them. Don't you look. I just want you to smell these donuts, right? I want you to get as close to these donuts as possible, right? But do not. Look, I want you to study these donuts. Don't eat the blueberry one. Don't eat the chocolate glazed one. Don't. Oh, everybody's getting hungry now, right? But I, I wouldn't take that approach, right? I wouldn't go, let's put all the focus on what you should not do, right? But what I'm trying to do is go, hey, let me open you up to a whole new world. Can I show you these eggs? When I make you these eggs, you're going to get protein. They are going to be so good. Let me show you these protein waffles. You're going to get protein. You're going to get your carbs at you, right? I'm opening them up to a whole new world. And that's what God wants to do with us. He doesn't want us to go back and go, you need to stop doing this. Stop looking at it. Stop doing this. Stop doing that. Stop doing that, right? Because what does that do? It brings condemnation and shame and we just keep falling into the trap right but what God wants he says let me open you up to a whole new world can I show you what freedom looks like can I show you what a new way of life looks like and he's saying I want your focus to move from all these things that you shouldn't do and I want it to to go back and focus on what the Holy Spirit wants you to do inside of your life, right? Because now my focus has shifted. And now that my focus has shifted, I need to know that's why when we say read the word of God, it's not that, hey, I need to just check this thing off. No, this is God, direct revelation of who God is, what the Holy Spirit wants to do in us. And so I just want to consume it. Why? Because of the relationship. Every time I open this up, God can talk to me. This is God, every time I open it up, I just got a word from God. 
right? I just got a, a, an erection that the Holy Spirit can guide me and lead me, right? Now, now I'm reading this. If you notice when you read through Scripture, this truth will pop up. And you're going, ooh, that one kind of speaks to me. It's like the Holy Spirit illuminated it in us. And now the desire is there. But now we have to choose to respond to the prompting that the Holy Spirit, that the word that the Holy Spirit is using in us. Maybe you read a word or your your parents used to sing like a, a Bible song when you were little. Have you noticed when you got in trouble, all of a sudden that nursery song is kind of just comes back up or that verse comes back up. The Holy Spirit is going to use the seeds that were planted and he's bringing that back up and going, hey, here's the desire. I need you to choose this desire. I need you to yield and surrender to the spirit in this moment. Right. Because every time, if you're taking notes, I'd love for you to write this down as well. Every time we respond to a prompting, we can hear the Holy Spirit more clearly. Every time we respond to it, that's why the Bible says he was faithful with a little will be faithful with much. And every time we, we feed the Holy Spirit in that conversation that we can hear, I, I'm listening, I hear that prompting, now I'm going to take that step. And when I take that step, I'm like, okay, that was God. I'm seeing Him working in me. And now as I take those steps, now I become more aware, right? Because the Holy Spirit, he's, he's everywhere at all times, right? He's always there, but now I'm becoming more aware of the power of God that is at work in me and in the world around me. Now I'm available to it. And I love this here in this verse. It says, so since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. And I get, as I get ready to close here, I'm going to write Jacob up here for a second. And, um, and, and uh, Jacob is playing the Holy Spirit, so no pressure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Jacob. Um, and so... As we follow the Holy Spirit in our lives, we know that the, it says we have to follow. So that tells us what? I, am I need to be out here going, come on, Holy Spirit, can you bless everything that I'm doing? Let me just show you. Look, here's my list. Can you just bless all of this, right? But what the Bible says, I want you to follow. I want you to get behind the Holy Spirit and go, God, okay, God, I do have a list, Holy Spirit. And, and, I, and I do want to bring this to you. But first, can I bring you a blank piece of paper? God, you know what's best. You know what's for me. And, and, and I'm ready to say yes. Today, Wednesday, is your day. And I think sometimes we, we, it's easily to forget that the Holy Spirit is with us. And so I'm like, I want us to picture this because now I'm walking up to the doorway of work on Monday morning, right? And as I walk in, the Spirit walks in before me. And I'm following the Spirit. It says every part of our lives that the Holy Spirit is leading me, right? I, I walk in across the living room to my spouse, get ready to have a conversation. Holy Spirit, will you lead me in what I need to say, right? Like I walk into my kid's bedroom, right? I'm getting ready to open up the door because they're in there, they're mad, the door got slammed, all these things, just my house. But um, all those things, God, as I walk in here, I need, will the Holy Spirit lead me? Is there something that I need to do, God, that, that you want to get through me here in this moment, as I head out into the world, into society, right? God, I want you to lead me. And if you will prompt me, God, I'm going to listen. And when the Holy Spirit kind of nudges us like, hey, that person over there, I want you to say that to them or do that for them. And now I follow the Holy Spirit. It's like the Holy Spirit, right? He, he begins to do a mighty work in us. And now I can hear him working in us more and more clearly. You're playing a good Holy Spirit, man. This is just solid, solid work. And so, but, but it becomes more clear because now I'm following instead of so many times we can get so busy. I can get in front of the Holy Spirit and go, God, will you just bless this? 
Like, I just really need this to happen. And, and for us to get back and going, hey, God, I need you to take the lead in this. And here's another piece of this. And then I promise I'm going to close. Here's another piece of this. The Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us, we can see this even in Romans chapter 8. The Holy Spirit is an endless supply of all of that that we need. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. The Holy Spirit will never run out for every one of the children of God. He will ne- it won't even phase the Holy Spirit for us to keep going back. And then, here's another layer. As we respond and follow the Holy Spirit, now the Holy Spirit does something in me and produces the, the, the fruits of the Spirit in me, right? Like, I'm not doing it. I'm following the Spirit. Now the Spirit starts produce somebody goes wow you've been you've had I feel like you've got a lot more self-control here the last few weeks right and it wasn't because I was going more self-control more self-control oh there's Larry here we go more self-control right no but what I was doing is going Holy Spirit you lead me God your word said this this morning and I need you to do that work in me right and so now I'm listening to the Holy Spirit and all of a sudden now go now people go wait a second you're more you have more self control or like the Holy Spirit may prompt me hey you need to do that for that person in your neighborhood right and now I do it and they start to see the fruit of going where why are you loving me like this it wasn't because we said come on I need to love somebody I need to love somebody and it's going God no Holy Spirit lead me and when I responded to what the Holy Spirit said people began to see the fruit of the love and the joy and the peace that came into my life, right? Because we get so much information. Thanks, Jacob. Can you guys give it up for Jacob? He's awesome. You may have a career in acting. I don't know. Um, but we face so many avenues. And I love how the Bible says every area of our lives. That includes our thought process. That includes our emotions. That includes our physical bodies, right? That includes our relationships that we see around us. And the Holy Spirit begins to produce that fruit in us the more that we focus and follow Him. And that's when we begin to see, and you're like, Daniel, it. Like, come on, there's got to be all this work that I got to do, right? There's got to be all of this that I have to muster up and willpower and make this thing happen. And I'm going, the Christian battle is the only battle that is won through total surrender. Ultimate surrender, going, God, this, this is yours. This is your day, your job, your relationship. This is your life. My mind is yours, God. I need you to renew it, right? I got, I need, I'm, I'm focusing in on you. And so now I, I, maybe I have the lustful desires and it's like, don't watch that. Don't watch that. Don't watch that. But if I go back and go, I just want to be so inundated with the spirit and what the word wants to say in me. Now I'm choosing what the spirit says. I'm not focusing on all these don'ts. I'm focusing on what the spirit wants to do in me and through me. And I'm telling you, it changes our entire lives. And then we begin to see the Holy Spirit produce the fruit that is in our lives. And it's not because we mustered it up. It's because we surrendered to the spirit. We started listening to the Spirit more, listening to His promptings. You could feel like it's the smallest prompting, but you you follow the Spirit's leading. And that's why the Word is so important, because the Word and the Spirit's promptings will always go hand in hand. The Spirit's never going to prompt you to do something that is against the Word of God. Remember, this is a direct revelation of who God is and His character, right? And so as I read God's Word, it gives me an opportunity to have discernment of going, is that the, the sinful nature desire, right? 
Because on the surface, it maybe that's what I should do. But yet, uh, I know that this is what God's Word says. No, this is what the Holy Spirit says. So I need to follow what the Holy Spirit's leading. I need to follow His guidance, His direction, right? And now prayer begins to change in us because now prayer is a two-way road. I'm praying, God, here's the day. Here's my work day. Here's this person to you. I need you to work inside of them. Now prayer, can pray continuously is also listening. So now I'm walking in. God, I'm going, okay, I need you to talk to me today right and now I'm listening but I'm still praying right oftentimes we think praying is just talking I'm giving my request to God but praying is always listening and going God I'm praying continuously throughout the day and the way that I'm doing that is I'm waiting on your prompting I'm aware that you're with me I'm aware that you're working in me God and I want you to do your mighty work in me and we can always 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 go back to God We can always just turn and believe that he can continue to give us what we need in the moment. And when we sing songs like victory in Jesus and all of these things, it's now that we can see it wasn't what I did. I just started following Jesus. I started following the Holy Spirit's leading and he began to do a mighty work in us and through us. And so as I close here today, I just want to kind of encourage us and lovingly challenge us to say, you know what? Today, I want to take three quick steps in my relationship relationship with God. I want to open up his word and I'm going to just begin to pray. If you have nowhere to start, start in the book of John and just begin to to soak in his word. It could be a few verses. It could be uh, you pick a book, a book of the Bible. Maybe you're already in one, but you begin to pray and say, God, I need you to lead every area of my life because that starts with our mind, right? That God wants to renew our mind. And when I have that thought, and I know it's a sinful desire thought, I need to, right there in the moment, going, God, I need, I need to follow your leading. I need to take that thought captive. I'm surrendering that thought to you, and I'm, I'm pursuing what your word, your will says, God, which you would lead me, right? And then I begin to pray, and then I'm listening for the Holy Spirit's prompting. When the Holy Spirit prompts you, that we would take that step of obedience and listen to him. And then the last thing is, is just praise God for working in your life. Begin to thank him for working in your life. And then that's when we come back. And, I, and I, I'd love to hear how God is working in your life. Or maybe you're wrestling through this because it's those three steps that we begin to listen. And no, no matter what that step is, it could be a small step. And then we see God do a work. It could be just in us. I got more peace because I now know that I'm doing what God is telling me to do and that he's going to work all things out for the good of those who love him. Right. So that gives me peace, even though the world standards, this looks like it's not going to work out. But I'm going to take that step and I have complete peace because I know this is where the Holy Spirit is leading me in this, right? And we can always go back and we feel that unwrestling feeling. I need to go back and go, God, I need you to lead me in that part of that area of my life. I'm wrestling in this. Lead me in that part of my life, God. I'm thinking a lot about this. I need you to lead me in that area of my life, God. And so my prayer is maybe uh, for us to first identify what that area is and say, God, I'm living in complete surrender to you because I believe, call me crazy, But I believe that God still wants to change the world through the lives of his believers. We're here 2,000 something years later because a group of disciples said, you know what? 
Holy Spirit, you lead. We saw you do this amazing thing at Pentecost, God. We're gonna, what did they do? They went back and waited. And when the Spirit came, they said, okay, game on. It's time to roll, right? And when the Spirit led, they began to do a mighty work in it. And so us, the answer still today is to be Spirit-filled and, and to follow the Spirit every single day in our life. That's where the power's at, to walk in victory in Christ. And for us to be more aware of the Spirit's work in us and through so let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we love you. Thank you so much for your glory, so much for your goodness. Thank you for still moving and working in our lives today, God. And God, I pray that we would uh, kick today off, either recommitting or whatever that may look like for us, God, and saying, God, I want the Spirit to lead me. God, I pray that the Spirit would lead our church. I pray that the Spirit would lead every area of our lives, God. And as we pray and wrap up today, God, I pray that we remember that you are an endless supply of all of those pieces that we need, God, of love, of joy, of peace, of kindness, God. And I pray that we remember that you're the one that, that holds all of that, God, and you're an endless supply of it, and that we won't turn to the world for joy and peace and all of those things because you're the one that can give it to us, God. And may we accept your invitation to live the lives that you've called us to, God. Lives that are marked by a holy God dwelling in us and through us, God. As a church, we surrender to you. Holy Spirit, lead God. Where you go, we want to go. What you say, we want to say, God. We declare that to you. We walk in it. We ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. Let's stand and worship together. Thank you for tuning in to the Bridge Church Podcast. If you would like to find out more information about our church, you can simply visit our website at thebridgebluffton.com. Have a blessed day.